0: Christmas morning is the greatest gift any of us has ever received. And then thinking about that childlike excitement that comes when we receive those gifts. And as as I've already told you, I'm just a lover of especially our Christmas hymns. And I thought there was one I hadn't heard yet that I wanted to share with you this morning. When I was putting together the sermon, I had a grand vision that I might even try to sing this for you. But I'm going to spare you. I don't want to see you all get up and go out as my voice is as it is right now. So I'm going to read it for you. Oh, holy night. It goes like this. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear The angels' voices. O night divine, O night when Christ was born. O night divine, O night divine, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices. O night divine, O night when Christ was born. O night divine, O night divine. Oh, yes, it was the night of our dear Savior's birth. And that's the question. After you hear and just let those beautiful words, which are such a great snapshot of the gospel in music form, The question I ask is, what makes this season of Christmas holy? For us, for you, for the world, what makes this season holy? And then you're here, and as I look around, I see a lot of you that were here for three services. There's a couple yesterday and here this morning. So I'm going to come right out with the answer. It's Jesus is what makes the season holy. I almost think with a crowd that gathers on Christmas morning, as well as multiple times on Christmas Eve, that in some form or fashion, you, you know that. And it's as if I'm speaking to, uh, a, it's almost like a kid's Sunday school class, where the teacher might say something like, asking the kids a bunch of, a bunch of questions, and there's a little fuzzy animal, kids, can you tell me what it is? no answer. And they said, well, let me tell you a little more. It's white and fluffy. The kids looking down don't want to answer. It hops and it eats carrots. Still no answer. And finally, little Jimmy has the fortitude to say, teacher, I know the answer is Jesus because we're in church, but it sounds like you're talking about a rabbit. You're here, and you know Jesus is the reason for the season. But what makes this season holy? I return to the song, O Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. This is what makes Christmas holy. And we have got the great Uh, opportunity this morning in the first chapter of John, last night we heard Luke 2, which is an account of the Nativity story, the the what happened. And John, being the great theologian that he was, he he does it with great vivid imagery. He is such an artist and has commands of words, as you heard Father Joe read in the gospel. And he, it's a great gift in itself that we get to unwrap this morning. So much so that the lectionary gives it to us twice in back-to-back weeks. We're going to read this again with four more verses next Sunday. So I hope that is not an excuse for you not to come, because we are going to just dive into a couple of the key verses this morning, but that it is the great gift that you will receive and come back and hear more of what John has for us next week. But John says it in the first chapter, the word. And if you've seen, word is capitalized. It's not just a word, but the word. Word. It's from the Greek root logos, which literally means to know the word or to be known. Logos is talking specifically about knowing Jesus because Jesus is the image of the Father given to us in human form. And so the word, I, I, this is probably my favorite line in scripture. And I'm going to use a little bit different translation here. And so the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. What makes the season holy? The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And that reminds me of the two big church words, the two big I words. First, God incarnate in the flesh Last night at our five o'clock service, it it was the annual kids' service, and it was a beautiful, fun, a little bit chaotic, but very beautiful celebration. And we had Kieran Evans, who is a very hearty, stocky baby, and and I uh, that got to play Jesus last night. And I thought, what a great way to think of God in the flesh with a happy, meaty baby. It really drives it home. And as I think, you've probably been out there a lot and you've heard a lot of secular happy holidays. Well, that makes me, as I think of the word incarnation in secular holidays, I have never been a fan of Black Friday shopping. It's just a crowd I don't want to get into. Cyber Monday was a brilliant idea, but my favorite secular holiday has always been Taco Tuesday. As we consider incarnation, carne asada is a great, great food. But... God in the flesh, stepped into flesh in the second of those big church I words, Emmanuel. God is with us, Emmanuel. See, this is what makes the Christmas season holy. This season is about celebrating the arrival of God. And make no mistake, this is the arrival of the God of heaven. The son of God who came to show us the father through himself to pay the debt for all of our sins and to defeat death and the grave so that we may be free indeed. This is what makes the season holy. And And the gospel goes on and we have seen his glory. The glory of the one, the only son who came from the father full of grace and full of truth. What makes this season holy? The birth of Jesus is what makes it holy. And why is that important or why does that matter for us? I go back to the carol, O Holy Night, the second verse or line, Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Beautiful old language that might confuse, but it really drives home when the answer comes. The world is broken. The world is sometimes messed up, and a lot of the times it feels like the world is defeated and wallowing in its own self-pity. And I say the world, but you are in the world. And we can even take this to a very personal level that we realize our own brokenness and our own need for this Savior, Jesus. We hear that line, long lay the world in sin and error pining, and yet the answer, the hope, comes until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. What a snapshot of the gospel. Until he appeared and the soul felt It's worth. Scripture really is the greatest love story ever told. In God's immenseness, in his vastness, he chose to come into his creation to save and to redeem all of us, all of mankind, you and me. On some level, that's why you're here. On a Monday morning when you could be something else, you realize this. Or you're learning, or or you're coming to it for a first time wherever you are in your spiritual journey, but you've come to experience that holiness on a vast level, on a mysterious level, and as well on a very personal and intimate level. To hear the good news again and again, to live it, to experience it, to remember it. And to give thanks for this season of hope, which means so much, not just to us personally, to us sitting here in in this room, also to the entire world. You hear it in another line of O Holy Night, a thrill, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Do you feel that? A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and a glorious morn. What makes this season important? It was the beginning of our redemption and freedom from sin, freedom from sorrow, freedom from guilt, and freedom from death itself. God incarnate and Emmanuel with us. This is what we celebrate and are here to experience. And as part of that, being with God here in this place through word and sacrament and with each other, we fall on our knees, we hear the angels' voices, and we experience O night divine, O night when Christ was born. The gift of the grace of God is here for all of us. Jesus has already paid the price. Is it all right if we go Easter a little bit? I know it's Christmas, but I can't help from keep Christmas and Easter apart. Every day, every Sunday, we don't have to wait till uh, months from now to celebrate the resurrection, the life, death, and raising of Christ Christ. Upon our realization, upon this, that we need a Savior. We need a Redeemer. We find great value there. And that we can find nowhere else that our sins are wiped clean. And we are made new. We experience truth. And we have a hope for an eternity that has nothing to do with death and the grave. And it has been overcome by His body And his blood. This is what we are here for this morning. Let us pray. I thank you, God, for who you are to us and for stepping into human form that you created. There is no magic in my words or our words, but there is great power in that you are the Word in flesh, in your body, in your blood. May we experience this great hope, forgiveness, and healing. Bring your power and grace upon us this Christmas season. Change us. Make us more like you. And for all the special celebrations we still have the rest of this Christmas season, we ask that you may reside in the center of all of our traditions, and that we continue to say, hallelujah, you were born, you are here, and you have paid the price for our sins, and we can't thank you enough. Amen. A Merry Christmas to all of you.